Hello, and welcome back to the Shadow Work Library. I'm Jessica DePotsy, and for the next at least 46 shows, I'm going to take you through this series that covers the spectrum of negative patterns in the human experience. Hey, welcome back. So I'm going to start off the show with my usual apology for taking so long to get this next episode out, but it's a good one and I hope it's worth the wait. I also hope that you stick around for the end because there's a sick song by Will Katie or Will Caddy. I'm not sure how you say his name. This song is the perfect close to this shadow work submission, so I think you'll like it. Now today we're going to explore the shadow of constriction and its gift of acceptance. This particular shadow gift combination is very special to me because it's part of what's called in the Gene Keys the Ring of Humanity. Now, the Ring of Humanity is made up of six gifts, which you may know by now if you've been following along with this podcast. They're only activated once you dive into the shadow. The Ring of Humanity represents an archetypal aspect of the mythic human experience, specifically what it means to be human. And you might know it as the hero's journey. And it goes like this. Wounded from the outset, you must do battle with your shadows, overcome the limitations of your mind, surrender your need to control life, and find your true self before you can awaken. So there's six parts to that. And this journey is natural to our species. And I think that we've forgotten about this way since we began to develop a way of life that has a lot of creature comforts. We live very linear lives and each day tends to look like the day before. And with this comfy life of knowns, I think that's where a lot of our suffering comes from because we're designed to be living in our own hero's journey. And when we don't, we feel this sense of unfulfillment, like something's missing. But in a way, we also haven't totally forgotten that the cycle of the hero is important because we love movies, we love stories and entertainment. And A lot of those mediums, a lot of the stories within those mediums, almost all follow that formula. So it's like we're living vicariously through the screen because our own lives aren't following that formula. So the shadow of constriction and gift of acceptance starts off with this hero's journey, and it speaks to the part about being wounded from the outset. And if you've ever wondered why us humans never seem to get through childhood unscathed, like why the F are we destined to be a little effed up, you know, in the heart or in the head or whatever it is? Well, this is it. It begins your very natural journey of being your own hero or heroine in your story. This is called the sacred wound or the core wound. And I talk more about core wounds in episode seven. We get them from conception, really. The moment you come into form, you have this separation from, from holiness And maybe that's where the mythology of original sin speaks to. I've come to believe that there's no better place to look for the fundamentals of spiritual awakening than to look at ancient texts or stories that explain how we came to be. So let's look at the Bible story of creation. It says that God formed the first person out of clay, out of the clay of the earth, and and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. So the clay of the earth part is neat because it says we're stardust. And that was actually my sister Jen McMaster's big lesson when she sat with ayahuasca earlier this year. We're embodied realities. Our bodies are made from atoms and quirks and quarks of the universe. 
But then there's also something in us that has us aspiring to rise and connect to something greater than our stardust bodies. And that's what I think they're talking about when, when they talk about breath of God, the Qigong. Qigong is breath of God in Taoist and Buddhist religions. Okay, so, you know, God puts these first humans in the Garden of Eden and gives them full reign to do whatever they want to thrive. Have a good time. Make friends with the animals. Embrace your sexuality. Have philosophical conversations. Do what you want, kind of. You know, there was that one no-no fruit tree. And I'll ask you this. Do you remember what that tree represented? For some reason, I had in my mind that it was the tree of knowledge ever since I was a kid. But it was a little bit incomplete. So you can imagine how my interpretation of this creation story felt a little icky to me until I came back to it with brighter eyes. Like, why would, why would my God want me to have a limitation to knowledge? So after looking into it and again, I found that the nono tree that they were prohibited from eating is actually the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And when we break that down, God in its being is the prerogative of good and evil. And the original sin was when we as fallible humans make our will or our perspective the prerogative of good and evil. So it's really subtle. Original sin doesn't speak to any offense like lying or greed or murder or anything specific like that. It's the move of believing that we have a concept of what good and evil is. Okay, so hang in there with me. After they eat from the tree, they cover their naked bodies up. And if you're like me, I read that as, okay, so now they're ashamed of themselves and God has taken away their ability to enjoy a free life as a punishment. All right, this is my interpretation of being a kid in Catholic school that just stuck with me. But with new eyes, I learned that this story might be talking about our intense and deeply uncomfortable self-consciousness and self-preoccupation because we still have this great desire to be good people, but it's based on our own perception of what good and evil is. And so we see the world through a lens that identifies, well, no doubt that is good and that is bad. And okay, this is kind of iffy and that's scary. So it might be evil and this feels good. So is it good? You know, it, it just, it gets confusing. So It begs the question, original sin, is that what makes us so unhappy? Is that what what is the foundation of our suffering? It might be because it's the wind turbine that powers the electricity on your vessel of human seeking. By the way, Jeff and I are preparing to sell our house and live aboard a catamaran sailboat later this year or 2022. So the sailing metaphors from here on out might be excessive, (laughs) but let's, let's keep on that analogy. The turbine is constriction. It's your suffering. Okay. And the wind is the flow of life. And if your turbine is connected in the right way, it can transform the wind of life into something useful, like electricity in this example. But if it's disconnected, the turbine spins and spins and it makes this irritating noise in the background and you're still not going anywhere. So constriction, you could see it as your your physical response or reaction to the discomfort of life. You can feel it, of course, in your emotions, but it also shows up in your face and your voice and your body language. There's an entire science, albeit a controversial science, on this called parapsychology. Para means above and beyond, so uh, above and beyond psychology, and or 
above and beyond the mental constructs of how we can change. And parapsychologists use other energy fields beyond logic to move the psyche. Okay, you can look at that, what it is on your own if you like. It's kind of funky. And part of that practice is face reading and changing the face to, to dissolve blocks. Now, I'm no expert in this, but a simple explanation of what I understand about this is, so if you're insecure in your childhood, we use that example, and it crystallizes in your psyche, which is super common. I mean, who feels 100% secure as a little human? I don't even know if that's possible. But we begin to cope in very subtle ways with facial movements, like pursing your lips or furrowing your eyebrows or squinting your eyes or... Another common one is tightening your jaw. And if you do that micro movement thousands and thousands of times from that moment, you build a certain pattern of expression on your face. And layered in that expression is that thought form. It's actually built into your face. And it's also built into your voice. Because let's say something happens to you and you feel your expression is minimized or it's safer to be small and less seen. Your voice gets tighter and your breath is shortened. There's actual constriction happening in your throat. And so your voice sounds different. And all of these subtleties send signals into your environment. And because like attracts like, the environment or your reality is showing up in ways that prove that your negative thought pattern is true and accurate. You may have experienced this when you simply see a photo of someone or hear their voice and you get that bad vibes feeling or... Of course, the opposite, like you really like that person. This is just one way the universe gives you what you believe. I think lots of people dismiss this concept of active manifestation through mindset as like hippy-dippy bullshit. (laughs) But I think when we can break down these micro elements, like the ancient stories and myths that we just talked about, we can break it down with curious minds and it really seems like common sense. Okay, so let's close the loop on the creation story and constriction. As we subconsciously determine our own illusions of what good and evil is, what what good and bad is, and we feel a stress that comes with that, we feel constricted by our own judgments. And it creates boundaries and keeps people and experiences out or in based on our personal perception of good and bad. And with this biofeedback loop, it's very difficult to let the love in to let that feeling of freedom in that comes with putting down your borders. When we turn people and experiences into objects that are simple enough to be classified in the yes pile or the no pile, in that sense, we're feeding our materialism. People become things. Experiences and opinions become things. And if you're minimizing the things that you own or desire, like your physical things that you have in your house and your reducing what you buy. I think that's amazing. I love that. Also consider how your objectification of less tangible aspects of life are keeping your your metaphorical things pile still pretty big. So if you're more of a reactive person and your very normal human fear has a tendency to go outward, it can show up as being cold. This is the classic example of expressing pain through projection, right? That thing that they say hurt people hurt people. Being cold-hearted and unwilling to own how you've you hurt yourself can have you hurting other people. If you're more of a repressive person, things can get a little bit more complicated here. If your fear has a tendency to go inward, this can show up as a maintaining a sense of ignorance to your own pain. 
Richard Rudd in The Gene Keys so accurately explains that ignorance isn't bliss. It's misery and one of the greatest diseases in our world and can turn into all kinds of mental and physical diseases. An example of ignorance in my own experience is with the vitamin B12. So I have a genetic mutation that doesn't allow me to absorb B12. It's really common. Something like 40% of the population has this mutation. So if you have ADD symptoms or low energy or you're feeling just a little bit stressed out all the time, you don't really know why, go get checked out because it was a game changer for me. And I was, my naturopath blew my mind when she told me how common this is. So I didn't know I had this. I went to the naturopath because I'm trying to get pregnant and it's just taking way longer than I expected. So she did some testing and we discovered this and I started taking methylated B12 injections, which is a form of B12 that I can absorb. I guess there's like a, oh my gosh, I'm going to butcher this, but there's like a molecule, like an extra tail added to the B12 that allows me to absorb it. And immediately after taking these B12 shots, literally from day one, I felt lighter. I was way less stressed out. I didn't even know I was stressed out, but I just felt really good. I was able to focus. I was enjoying myself more. And I didn't even know I could feel like that, or rather I didn't realize how bad I felt because it was so normal to me. So I was just, I was taking it for a few months and then I ran out and I went back to the naturopath and they had just run out of their supply. So I had to wait on the next shipment and I was feeling like crap super low energy, stress was coming back. I wasn't able to focus all the things. And I went back to the naturopath and they were closed or something. And it's pretty far from my house. So then I went on this really long road trip, which was awesome. Um, But I just didn't have my B12 supply for a very long time. And I still don't have it. And I feel normal, right? I got so used to in that short period of maybe a month, feeling that low energy again and that low focused and just a little stressed, that it became my new normal. What's normal for you, what you're ignorant to, is a subtle vibration of misery, right? And we don't know how good we can feel until we feel what's possible. And usually that wake-up call feels like this flood of release and relief. So yeah, just a personal example of how ignorance can be a hidden misery that we don't really know about. Okay, now let's get into what the shadow of constriction transforms into, because I'm not going to beat this horse here. We all know what constriction feels like. Constriction transforms into the gift of acceptance. Now, before I get into why acceptance is important, I'll do this a little backwards and get into how we can accept, and I think it'll make more sense this way. I'd imagine that when I say the word acceptance after everything we just discussed here, you might be thinking that I'm going to get into how you can accept the things that you deem evil or bad. 5G, AI, polarized politics, materialism, CRISPR, censorship. I'm just listing all the things that I don't like. So there's a little look into my world. And if you were to tell me I need to just accept these things, well, yeah, that's not where I'm going exactly. Acceptance really begins further upstream. So you can see the things that you've deemed as evil or bad from your heart rather than from a place of wounding. And in order to accept something about yourself especially something uncomfortable, you first need to recognize it and stare it straight in the face. It takes courage and the ability to slow down as well, because the shadow of constriction is this biofeedback loop of fear and reaction. So to counter it, we need to break the pattern with courage and interaction, right? So if the loop is fear and reaction, let's break it with the opposite of courage and interaction. Interaction meaning communicating 
with your fear and getting to know it because the monster under your bed isn't as scary with the lights on. So once you've boiled down your discomforts into the essentials, which are beyond the story that's happening in your mind constantly and into the physical sensations that have become chemically entrenched in your DNA and in your face and in your voice, you can see it for what it is and breathe through it and realize it's a story and an experience that's not even here anymore. A lot of the things that we deem bad or evil are rooted in something that's happened earlier on in our lives. And that doesn't mean that what you deem as not correct for society or for yourself or for other people is is wrong or invalidated. It just means you may be seeing it from a place where if you did a little bit of awakening and healing, you can see it with more clarity. And that's when you can start to feel your constriction soften. Your natural breathing pattern deepens, your voice gets more depth and richness, and your face becomes brighter. This is what happens with certain plant medicines, what happens with post-traumatic growth, when you do certain types of somatic or experiential healing and awakening. And admittedly, the process is difficult for me to explain right now because it transcends the mind, paramind, right? Beyond the mind. And when you found whatever system works for you, and by the way, you can email me if you want a couple of options, you can finally face the essence of what your fear is in your body. And then you can wake up to the perfection of who you are exactly as you are right now. It's one of the greatest and most powerful human gifts because it's like the portal to the true nature of love. It gives you access to true optimism. Now, optimism isn't being happy all the time and being blind to any potential pitfalls of reality. True optimism is when you're freed from constriction and your energy and your thoughts are able to flow more freely and with less worry. True optimism unlocks more and more layers of acceptance so that you can relax more and more into your life and have a more joyful human experience. Because it's really when we wipe away the mud from our windshields, we can see with more clarity what is worth fighting for. And our fight will be more wise and farsighted and rooted in a connection to spirit rather than our own agendas and judgments. You'll be more intuitive and expansive to show up in the world in a way that fights fear with love and understanding. And as you'll hear in coming episodes where I'll cover the rest of the shadows and gifts in this ring of humanity, acceptance isn't about sitting idly by as things you don't like happen. It's the foundation for grounding yourself in wisdom and understanding so that you You can more or less clean your own room before going out into the world to do what you're here to do. So that is the shadow of constriction, which transforms into the gift of acceptance. And if you made it this far, you might be interested in doing some one-on-one shadow work with me. I can guide you on your own self-discovery journey to help you remember who you really are and what you're here to do. I have an extensive one-on-one program that lasts eight weeks that takes you through your four prime shadows and gifts, which are unique to everyone. And then I also do one-off sessions to help you access your subconscious and dissolve blocks that are keeping you stuck in pattern. As always, if you have any questions about what I talked about today, you can email me at jessica at thespecialforcesexperience.com or hit me up on Instagram at jessicadepazzi underscore. And if you like the show, keep on listening and a review and a rating would be awesome. But hey, if that's not your jam, don't worry about it. Have a great week, everybody. Stay safe, but not too safe. And we'll talk again soon. Well, you've persuaded yourself that way. You've acted it so damn well that you know this is the real world. But you're playing it.
haven't realized that life and death, black and white, good and evil, being and non-being, come from the same center. They imply each other. What you are basically, deep, deep down, far, far in, is simply the fabric and structure of existence itself.
where you are now.